This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hancher, and I could not be more excited to be with you all today. I hope you're all doing well as you lead and you serve your teams that have been entrusted in your care. Before we jump in, I want to ask you to be sure to do, to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it from the show platform that you're streaming from. This has been a huge help to us. Uh, however, I know that there's a lot of listeners that listen in, catch an episode, and they just haven't invested the time to rate and review the podcast. This is a great help to us. The Champion Forum podcast has now reached global presence. And we could not be more excited to have listeners from Canada, South Africa, Ghana, Great Britain, Finland, Germany, and even the Netherlands, just to name a few. So if you're listening from one of those countries, uh, we're excited to have you. And as you rate and review, it helps get the content out. So I want to thank everyone for your support, as my mission will always remain to help everyone lead, inspire, and win. So let's dive into today's content. I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago, and he began telling me that during this time of COVID-19 that he feels like he's in the twilight zone. Can anybody relate to that? I know that I can. He began to tell me that he felt like it was a dream, that he was going to wake up somehow from this and be thankful that it was only a dream. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, is it time to wake up from all this yet? Is this really happening? You know, look, I'm seeing things that I've never seen my entire life. I'm sure that you all are as well in the areas that you live. And I could not help but agree with him. And I'm sure many of you listening, you have felt this way through this crisis. Like, is this really happening? I think it goes without saying that some of the issues that are challenging leaders today, they are far different than just even a, a few short months ago. A few short months ago, we weren't even thinking about this. We had heard maybe about it in, in another country, that uh, there was some stuff going on in China, but man, we've, we heard that before. And we were just rolling along business as usual, and then it hits us. And now it's been nothing but rapid change, setbacks, some adversity. I mean, we're, we're navigating talent shortages like never before. There's politics, leading remote workforces, managing cash flow very meticulously if you're in business or an entrepreneur, and figuring out how do we position ourselves for an uncertain future. You know, we're all facing these types of challenges. And there are even many new leaders at the helm that, that have never been through adversity that continue to be tested in areas that they haven't even fully developed their own leadership skills. I can tell you, despite the obvious challenges that I've witnessed, there, there have been countless examples of leaders stepping up and embracing these challenges extremely well. You know, I always say, promote what you love and bash what you hate. I've seen a lot of bashing. I've seen a lot of bashing of leaders uh, not doing it well, not doing it soon enough, waiting too late. They did it too late. They should have went left. Maybe they should have went right. They went down, they should have went up. We're always quick to criticize it. But man, I got to tell you, 
I've seen some amazing examples of great leadership through this adversity, through this uncertainty. I've been in contact with many leaders across many industries during this time, whether it's people that I benchmark with, whether it's people that are clients that I coach at an executive level, and even former colleagues. I've been very encouraged to hear stories of resilience. I've been very encouraged to hear stories of tremendous leadership execution. And on today's episode, I want to highlight some very specific leadership skills that I've observed and what we can all take from this season of challenge. There has to be takeaways. There has to be things that as we look at others that are doing it well, that we say, hey, you know what? That's what I would have done if I could do it over again. And I want to highlight uh, some very specific areas. And look, there's, there's lots of areas that I've seen well. But I can tell you there's a couple critical areas that I've seen on display that I think have had the biggest impacts. The first and, and arguably the most important is change management. Look, if you have not mastered change management, this has put you to the test in a big way. And there's going to be time to look back and think about what you, you could have done differently. And there's no doubt that many businesses, industries have had to change and they've had to adapt to how they're serving their customers, how they're going to market. And this need for change has been very impactful for what we've defined as essential business and maybe none more other than the grocery industry. Grocery stores, you know, what I've observed in that industry is nothing less than dynamic in how fast paced the changes have been, how they've had to keep up. You know, when my son, Came, he, he's a, a freshman at Penn State University. We are, for those alum. He was home from college for spring break when he received the news. He's not going back to college. And during that time of woe is me and what are we going to do, you know, he decided, look, I, if I'm going to be home, I might as well find a job, make some extra cash, make a few extra dollars. And frankly, there weren't many places hiring due to the environment. And many were actually laying people off. It, this, was, this has not been a great time to find employment. However, there was one industry that was actually growing during all of this, and that was the grocery business. I think it goes without saying that sometimes beggars cannot be choosers. So he applied to a, a locally based grocery chain and was hired right away to help with stocking shelves. I'm talking immediate feedback, like interviewed in the morning, hired in the afternoon kind of thing and start the next day. They needed help. Every day he would come home and I would ask him, hey, how was your day? How did how things go today? And he would keep me updated on, you know, how things were changing and what the environment was like, how the customers were reacting, what changes were coming from management. And it was an exciting journey for me, especially doing what I do for a living. I like to observe change and what's, what's going well, what's not. You know, are people still buying all the toilet paper? How's the dairy section? Like, you, what are the trends? And I, it just fascinated me to hear these stories. And it was amazing to hear how rapid the pace of change was. Not just change daily, but often changes were being made within the day. Grocery retailers have been forced to change their business model and how they operate while staying, staying open for business and serving their communities and their customers. Each day, stores implemented new procedures, 
They had to adapt to changing federal, state, local requirements that, that could vary by region. And this, this chain I'm talking about, they cover multiple states. So not only did they just have to navigate local and state and federal, but now it's multiple states. What is this governor saying? What is that governor saying? You know, what is this county doing? What is that county doing? And through my son's reporting and my own observations as a consumer, I noticed in a span of days, the business had changed its hours, hired thousands of new workers to stock shelves, implemented cleaning procedures that they had never had before, installed new systems for checkout. We got the plexiglass going. We got the arrows on the floor. We got sanitation being done like never before, all taking the employees out of their element, all taking the consumers out of their element, not to mention during all of this, they gave a significant hourly increase as a bonus for their workers as a way of saying thank you for helping serve the community and being resilient to the change. I'm sure that there are some in the industry that maybe did it better than others. But I got to tell you, you know, whether it was the monetary bonus, the communication, you know, uh, change management, whatever it might be, I found it to be well done. Maybe I don't know all the story. But I got to give a shout out to Giant Eagle Corporation. And if anybody uh, has any connections with the executive leadership team at Giant Eagle, uh, please email me at jeffhancher at thechampionform.com. I would love to have them on my show to discuss change management. However, back to this, this subject of change management, I, I think it's a great sentiment and a true demonstration of leadership from someone who's experiencing great amount of change and every day at work to give, the, you know, one, the monetary, communicating the change. You know, it's not just the changes sometimes as leaders that are, is forced upon us in our organizations, but more importantly, it's how we adapt to those changes. We have to be agile. Sometimes we don't have any control of the change coming. It's one thing to be good at change management when you see it coming. It's like, you know that there's a competitor coming on the scene. You know there's a competitor opening up in a market. You have time to prepare for that. You can do a SWOT analysis. You can hire new talent. You can invest in technology. You can invest in research and development. Those are known changes. It's a whole different game whenever change happens and there's no notice. Change management always starts with the leadership. Let me ask you this, leader. How would you score your ability to manage change through this adversity? This has got to be an area that, look, if you're not there now, you, you've missed it. But now would be a great time to invest greatly in training and development of your leadership team so that they can have influence in change, during change, and future change to prepare them to be in a proper state of readiness. The second thing that I've observed that I, that I have found as a world-class attribute during this COVID-19 epidemic is decisiveness. Look, sometimes you will have to work with what you have. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be a bed of roses. You're not always going to have the right personnel. You're not always going to have the right resources. You're not always going to have the right funding, whatever it might be. Sometimes you have to work with what you have. And it seems that every day during this, we hear new information, 
that conflicts with old information. Can anybody relate to that? Especially the business owners, the leaders that are constantly trying to stay up to speed to be decisive and make change. First, the experts, quote unquote, told us, don't wear masks or that only the N95 masks are effective. Then we were told to wear masks, even when we went outside. First, it was just inside. Then it was outside. And then they told us any type of mask will work. As long as it's cloth, it's a scarf, whatever you have will be fine. Just make sure that you have it on. I mean, it was this way, it was that way. No do this way, no do that way. I'm not criticizing these folks giving the information, but what I'm saying as a leader, you're constantly processing and you're constantly adjusting. And at some point you have to be decisive. When you're dealing as a leader with complex issues, there is a constant stream of new information that we will be required to digest and react to. It's one thing to get the information. Right now, everybody, for the most part, is getting the information. But as a leader, the defining moment is you have to react to the information you have. The ability to keep working, not only just working, but working well, and moving forward, moving your organization forward. Despite all the rapid change, multiple streams of information, it means that we cannot wait for the perfect information in order to start developing and executing plans. I can promise you, if you are waiting for all the information to come in during this season, you had already missed it. Sometimes, especially in crisis situations, it is the time to be decisive based off of what you know and how you've built yourself as a leader up to the moment. Let me give you an example. I like sports analogies. Whenever there is only a few seconds left on the clock and you have one shot to tie or win the game in basketball, that is not the time for a quorum. That is not the time to be democratic. That is the time for the leader to make a call based off of how the game has been played. You, that doesn't mean you're going to call the right play. But that does mean that in that moment, you have to use the information that you have to make a decision. You have to be decisive. As leaders, we have been forced in this season to embrace the here and the right now. We have to live in the here and now. To be decisive, we have to understand we have to make calculated decisions knowing they might not be the perfect decision. I can promise you, if you don't do this, it will result in procrastination. It's the fear of making the wrong decision. And in crisis, it simply can't happen. Procrastination may result in objectives not being fulfilled, not getting met at all, or possibly even a delay that could last months. Right now, that type of procrastination, not only can it affect your organization now, but it can also have devastating impact to your brand. The lesson here in decisiveness is that you have to prioritize what's important and you have to do it now. You have to take the information that you have and you have to act. Good time management practice is showing that handling something once and making a decision on it right away is way more effective than putting it aside or making a task list to deal with it later. Decisiveness is usually the best way to produce great time management and handling something one time. Again, I'm not promising you it's going to be right, but in crisis, you have to make the call. 
I'm not suggesting that we're careless, we're cavalier in our decision-making. However, I am saying that in crisis, it isn't always the best time to develop a committee and to be democratic. There is a time for that. Crisis is not the time. In crisis, leaders have got to be more decisive than ever before. When I'm giving you this benchmark, this is what I'm observing from the stories of some of these leaders. And look, I have heard stories of, I made the call and it was wrong. Here's how we recovered. Nonetheless, we've got to move with efficiency and we have to move with urgency. The third thing is foresight. I think this is an amazing attribute during times of crisis. You know, I said it uh, a couple of weeks back in an episode that the greatest organiz- organizations right now, they're not just focusing on the short term. They're also playing the long game. And right now, a mistake that I've seen is that there are a lot of leaders that have been so caught up in the short game, and rightly so, that they're missing all sight of the future. Foresight is not about predicting the future. It's an important skill that helps leaders manage and leverage the constant change that is coming at us every single day. And I can tell you, to be good at foresight, it's going to require people to sift through large amounts of conflicting information and observe the environment in which you operate. And it could be different by industry. It could be different by geographic location. It could be different by how your customers consume your product. But we will have to have some level of foresight as we navigate through this. These are very, very important abilities in normal times, but critical in heightened senses of crisis. Foresight is going to help leaders anticipate challenges. It helps leaders avoid letting situations fully dictate and overwhelm their organization. You can't be in a position that you're allowing the adversity or the environment to dictate your business. Will it alter it? No question about it. But it shouldn't be so much that it's crippling your organization. For some, it may. But we can always control what we have. We can use the resources and the tools that we have. And foresight is an attribute that can absolutely do that. There's a few important skills that I think enable leaders to build and maintain the foresight for effectiveness. The first thing is, they can't, you can't let their own, your own business get in the way. You can't let uh, the people under you get in the way. You have to get information at times. But again, back to my earlier point, you've got to be decisive. The other thing is don't allow personal biases to come into your leadership decision making. There are many people right now that have biases, whether that's uh, economic biases. Hey, we should open back up for business. No, we should stay shut down. There's political biases. I think this uh, political leader is right on. I think they're off. I'm not for them, so I'm going to make this business decision. There's operational biases about how you're going to re-enter marketplaces. Don't let these types of things get in the way. Remember, You have an obligation to foresight, and foresight is getting the information and and processing it not to impact you, but to impact your organization, the people in your organization, and your customer base. Great leaders have the discipline required to overcome their biases. They do this by seeking different perspectives. They do this by being curious 
about different viewpoints or information that maybe doesn't sync with their own views. This is a testament to diversity. If everybody in your organization thinks the same way, at some point you're probably going to be wrong. There's something to be said about getting differences of thought, differences of opinion. Now you might be saying, Jeff, I thought you just told us to be decisive and now you're telling us to be curious about different views. Yes, exactly. I'm telling you that in times of crisis, you're going to need to do both. What will separate good execution from great execution is to know when to administer each strategy. There's, there's going to be times that you're going to have to be decisive. It's two seconds left on the clock. I got to call a play. We have to execute. There's going to be times through this that you have to keep foresight. Leaders will need to do both. And quite frankly, too much of either one will also be detrimental. And I can tell you that that could be a daunting uh, task. And you might be thinking, I'm climbing uphill. I can promise you, if you want to get to the top of the mountain, it's only one direction. It's uphill. Embrace the journey. You can enhance your foresight significantly by engaging your team, engaging others, uh, create mastermind groups with other industry leaders. This will help you to anticipate challenges, think through potential alternatives. By doing this, what's it, it's going to allow you to engage and encourage healthy disagreement. And healthy disagreement is often the magic behind creativity. It's often the magic behind solutions. When leaders decide on courses of action, they're articulating the rationale behind actions. So they're processing, they're getting the information. You know, they may form the caucus of a mastermind, but once they've made the decision, now they're communicating the rationale behind their actions. Now, this doesn't mean that you owe your entire staff and your entire organization an explanation for every single leadership decision that you make. However, in times of rapid change and uncertainty, employees can and most likely will become very anxious and very concerned. No news is often perceived as bad news. And in these moments, it's going to be very important to have great foresight and communicate clearly and communicate often. I promise you, we will absolutely emerge from this crisis. Our businesses, our families, there's a lot of people relying on us as leaders to navigate the choppy waters with tremendous resolve and truckloads of strength and resilience. The kinds of changes that are being demanded today, they're disruptive, they're painful, and the ultimate results of how this thing ends in, in the coming months and maybe even years, it's unknown. There's still a lot of unknown. We're seeing glimmers of hope, we're seeing progress, we're seeing incremental improvement. Thankfully from, you know, if we could just take a pause from the leadership training and the business side of this, we're seeing less sickness, we're seeing less loss of life. There's a lot to be thankful for. We have got to be visionaries as leaders. We have to have imagination. We have to have the boldness to show the way, even without a playbook. Look, if you've been in leadership any length of time and you've been fortunate enough to have a playbook at your company, 
man, it's tough enough with a playbook sometimes. But man, we got to go through this without one. Many of us are writing the playbook for the generations that are come after us. We, that's going to require a lot of boldness. That's going to require a whole lot of imagination and a lot of visionary leadership. But I have found that the leaders that are rising to the challenge are doing so through the three things I talked about today. Change management, being decisive when appropriate, and engaging their teams with foresight. It's going to be the organizations that these specific leaders represent when this crisis has passed that will be standing and will be stronger than ever before. So let me ask you this. What leadership skills or attributes of great leadership have you observed that has made a positive impact that maybe didn't make my list, didn't make it to this episode? What, what was I missing? What story do you have? I would love to hear from you. I would love your feedback. I would love to hear your stories of leadership resilience during this time. I want to share them on social media. I want to share wins. Now is the time for motivational leadership. Now is the time for realistic optimism. I want to hear your stories, some that I didn't get today. Send those to me. Email me, Jeff Hancher at the championforum.com, and I'll be sure to broadcast every piece of good news that I have. Maybe you're also a leader that's become overwhelmed and you haven't been well equipped to handle this uncertainty. You haven't been well equipped uh, during this crisis and you're looking for help. You're working really, really hard, but you're lacking productivity. If I survey everybody listening today, effort, and hard work most likely is not one of the things that's pulling you down. It's lack of development. It's lack of training. Maybe you were thrown in without a playbook. Maybe it's getting the best of you. I would love an opportunity to help. Our team is currently working with companies to help consult them in navigating this storm in a big way. And we would welcome the opportunity to serve you as well. To inquire about this or to get more information, I want you to email our team at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. As always, I appreciate you joining today in this episode as we continue to navigate the uncertainty of COVID-19, but I think there's things that we can learn through it. I wish you all the best as you continue to lead and inspire your teams. And until next week, always remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.